I talked to you this morning about a subject that I know that many of us think about at this time of year. As we prepare for Thanksgiving, we begin to all of a sudden become more aware of the importance of living a life of thankfulness. And so I want us, though, to hear about this and to learn about this in a different context because how many of us understand that if we're only giving thanks to God once a year, we're in some bad shape. If there's only one time of year that we gather and give thanks, we're missing out on more than you can possibly imagine. So if you're taking notes today, wonderful. If you're not, that's fine. But I want us to take the next 30 minutes and just really understanding I'm really making sure that we're understanding that gratitude is a fundamental ingredient to a deep and meaningful life. All right? I know some of our parents are like, thank God I brought my kids today. They're going to learn about gratitude. <laughs> but I hope you know that even those of us who are now well into our adulthood, our father says we have a thing or two to learn about gratitude as well. Amen? All right. So our scripture for today, if you want to start getting your Bibles ready, Minister Charmaine has additional Bibles. She can hand you if you would like to receive one. Um, we're going to be coming out of the book of Genesis chapter 8, as well as out of Exodus chapter 12. Now, I think one of the times outside of Thanksgiving that we tend to think about being grateful and having gratitude is when we experience some type of loss. You know, our nation has been shocked by a lot of losses of very prominent people as of late. Amen? Anyone, anyone can think of just, not even just celebrities, but people in your life that you, you maybe when they were here, you didn't always appreciate what they were able to bring to your life. But not that they're gone. It's just a sense of, man, they made a huge impact. Anybody just go ahead, somebody. Your father, your aunt, your mother, your brother, your grandmother, your mother, your aunt. So many of us can imagine how Gratitude comes in and out of focus for us. But it's something that even when we're not experiencing Thanksgiving, even when we're not mourning the loss of a loved one, even when we are in happiness, times where everything is going well, don't you know that that's sometimes the time that we are most quick to forget how important it is to be grateful? And so how do we fully live our lives in such a way that we are thankful daily? That's what we're going to hopefully uncover as we spend some time together on this morning. So got four points we're going to cover before we end. The first one is, what is gratitude? What is gratitude? The Bible says that the practice of gratitude 
is of a life here and after of significance. Through gratitude, we appreciate life's goodness, which compels us to pay it forward. Gratitude creates within us a deep sense of not only happiness, but satisfaction, which in turn enriches our relationships. I hope you hear what I'm saying because when we have what sometimes we've heard coined an attitude of gratitude, it makes it delightful for the people that we're in relationships with, the people that we have to interact with. They feel appreciated. One of the lessons I had to learn early on as an employer, I used to think, okay, well, you show your appreciation in the paycheck. So if I paid you, that meant I appreciated you. Now, as I grew as a leader, I realized that was only the very basic minimum. Amen? When you're doing a good job at work, I mean, paying me for being here, that's the obligation you have to avoid this being an servitude. But when you say, thank you, doesn't it make a big difference to you to be appreciated when you've done something, even if it's something you were expected to do, obligated to do, in the habit of doing, being told thank you. I really appreciate that. I love when uh, one of the ways I try to share love on my family is I, I cook on weeknights. And I normally try to do something that's like a, like a gourmet type meal. Sometimes they appreciate it, sometimes not so much. But it comes from my heart and they know that it's something that I do as a labor of love. And it always warms my heart when Leah takes a bite my little top chef and says, mm, that was good. Isn't it discouraging if somebody just scarfs it all down and just walks away and doesn't say, thank you, anything, no gratitude? Or maybe, you know, your husband, you're providing for your family and, you know, you don't want a cookie for it. You, 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 you're glad that you have employment and that you provide and you go to work. But, you know, every once in a while, for someone to take notice that, you know, you work really hard. Put in a lot of hours. You provide a comfortable lifestyle for your family. Someone saying, thank you. I really appreciate you. And it's not Father's Day. Amen? <laughs> Outside of Father's Day. It means something. So the Bible teaches us a little bit about something about gratitude. So what exactly is gratitude? Gratitude is the practice of actively remembering and expressing the grace, the benefits we do not deserve, and goodness bestowed in our lives. I'm going to say that again. Gratitude is the practice of actively remembering and expressing. So see, that was two parts remembering it, but then what? Expressing the grace and goodness bestowed in our lives. And we've got to reprogram ourselves from thinking that the only good things that can come into our lives can be bought at Walmart or online. Amen? Oh, I got one amen. 
We've got to reprogram ourselves. Did you walk in here this morning? Did you take a deep breath? Do that with me real quick. Did you do that without any mechanical assistance? We have an innate desire to show gratitude for the goodness and the grace we receive. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 8, verse 15. Now, I want you to see this. This was mesmerizing to me as I studied this because I've read this several times, but it wasn't until I was preparing this message that I saw something that I haven't seen before. And I hope some of you other Bible scholars can get excited about this with me. Early in the Bible, we witness one of the first acts of gratitude in the life of Noah. And I'm going to show you in verses 15 through 20. If you're there, just say amen. Then God said to Noah, leave the boat, all of you, you and your wife and your sons and their wives, release all the animals, the birds, the livestock, and the small animals that scurry along the ground so they can be fruitful and multiply throughout the earth. So Noah, his wife, and his sons and their wives left the boat, and all of the large and small animals and birds came out of the boat, pair by pair. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and there he sacrificed as burnt offerings the animals and birds that had been approved for that purpose. Now, as I was reading the scripture, the Holy Spirit said, now practice what you preach. Thank you, Minister Charmaine. Do you have to bring me this water? I appreciate that. Did you see something else that Noah did, though, that showed appreciation? Now, I wanted to put this in context for you. He has been on the ark for almost a full year. I love when I read the Bible to not just read it and just like be done with it, but to really like get into that scripture. So let's get into the scripture for a minute. You've been on a boat. Now, how many of you like cruises? I don't like cruises, all right. But I'm going to be honest with you. If I was stuck on one for more than a week, I think I would get a little restless. Now, put me on one for a week with a bunch of animals. More than uncomfortable. Now, let's go from a week to a year. Now, you're where Noah is when he steps off of this boat. And so what does the scripture show us? What is the scripture recording right here? Noah walks off the boat, and the very first thing he does is build an altar to the Lord. Can you think of some other things you might have wanted to do first after you got off that boat? After being trapped a year, Go to Disney World. Get a massage. Go fry some chicken. <laughs> Anything. But what do you see happening here? Noah. First. Somebody say first. 
before I go on date night, before I go to Disney World, before anything else, he gave thanks to God. Now that's a model that I think we can follow. And that we will see as we look at the scripture that there's some benefits to following. When you see this, it's easy to have looked over that. It would be easy if we weren't teaching on gratitude to have looked over that act of worship. But as we see it and we look at it deeper, we see it's an extraordinary act of thankfulness. Now, look what happens next. We, we have him offering a sacrifice of thanksgiving to God, but we also see that Noah did not offer a sacrifice out of the need to have good fortune or a desire to keep God happy or appease him, but he offered his sacrifice out of a heart of gratitude. See, when it's a place of gratitude, nobody has to make you do it. See, when, when you realize how good God has been to you, nobody has to make you give him thanks. He builds an altar and says thank you. And God's response, look at Genesis 8.21. Knowing, knowing Noah's heart, understanding that Noah could have done any number of things once he got off of that boat. How does God respond to this act of gratitude? Are you there? And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of a sacrifice and said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood. I will never again destroy all living things. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. Now, I, I don't know if you caught this, I remember one time we had one of those flood warnings and uh, you know I was trying to gather all my family together and we were trying to respond to the flood warning and I said, oh my goodness, is, 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 is the whole earth about to flood? And one of the older daughters, I think it might have been Anna, said, no, don't you remember God promised never to flood the whole earth again? He made a promise that we are benefiting uh, from right now because of an act of gratitude that Noah showed before we were even thought of. So do you see the power of gratitude? When we are grateful and we show thanks, our children and our children's children will benefit from the gratitude that we show God. Now that ought to motivate you to be grateful. If nothing else motivates you, this is beyond a new car. This is beyond a new boo. This is beyond something temporary. This is God blessed his 
And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. Now, I want you to catch this, because this is good for us men, us women, and even us teenagers, because one of the things that I've been hypersensitive about lately, and I thank my children for, for teaching me things, is self-care, mental health. Um, especially in the black community where it's very often a stigma that people don't want to talk about and make you feel ashamed if you feel like you're not your best self. And so I have been intentional about helping people that I love to understand that it's okay if you're not feeling your best self and you need to let me know that because just like I would go get you help if you broke your leg, I am here for you and I will help you as you're going through anxiety, as you're going through depression, as you're going through grief, come on, let's tell our young people, let's tell the people in our lives, it's okay to not be okay. But here's the thing I love. We know where we can bring them, the great physician that makes things more than okay. And so as we look at this and as we think about what God is doing, he's not blessing Noah as a response to anything Noah had earned. He doesn't bless, the Bible doesn't say that he blessed Noah because he did such a good job managing all the animals on the boat. The Bible doesn't say that he, he blessed Noah because he did a fantastic job of building the ark to spec. I mean, that would have been a good reason to bless him, right? And y'all know how to build a boat from scratch? One big enough to fit all those animals? I mean, that would have been a good reason to bless him because of his extraordinary capabilities, his leadership. Think about his management. I took a trip one year with one of our um, children's school to see the replica of the Noah's Ark and how they had it um, designed to pump out feces and to put bring back in water and how they would have to I mean, if anything, the management involved. I have a hard time feeding six people. And for him to be able to do that, God could have easily said, I'm going to bless you for your management abilities, your management skills to keep all these people and all these animals alive for almost a year. But is that what the scripture says? He blessed him. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you're catching this. His response, his blessing was not because of anything other than he chose to worship. We can all do that, can't we? I mean, I might not be able to build a boat. I have a hard time keeping my plants alive, so forget keeping all the other things alive. That's not going to happen. But I can worship. You're not going to out-worship I can give thanks. You're not going to outthink me. I can, I can show gratitude. That I can do. What about you? And do you feel like you can do that? Amen? Hmm. So that's gratitude. Number two, Eucharista. Eucharista. The English word gratitude stems from the Latin word gratia. You've probably seen that 
Um, I think that's how we got all the other words, gratuities, for tips and things like that. It's spelled G-R-A-T-I-A for our note takers, which means to give thanks. Somebody say give thanks. The Bible takes this one word definition further. In the Bible, gratitude, the word Eucharista, which stems from the word cheris, which means grace. Cheris, a favor, an act of goodwill and loving kindness for which we don't deserve. So Eucharista is an offering of thanks out of the abundance of grace shown to us. It is to give thanks to the Lord with pleasure and delight because we have received delight and pleasure from his grace. I'm going to say that again. It is to give thanks to the Lord with pleasure and delight because we have received delight and pleasure from his grace. Now, I need you to catch this piece. Your Eucharistia is not a horizontal practice. It is not a give and take, a to and from. Grace does not travel one way and then come back again. Eucharistia is reciprocal. Somebody say reciprocal. It's a cycle of giving and receiving all at the same time time. It is grace abounding. The Bible tells us that God does not desire sacrifice for sacrifice sake, but he delights in our expression, our declared praise, and our adoration, which is an outward expression of what is in our hearts. That's from Psalms 51, 15 through 17. It's in our hearts, but when we outwardly express it, as we saw Noah did, by choosing to practice gratitude, we choose the grace that God has freely offered us and offer it freely back to him and to others. Now, this piece blew me away. So it's not just offering, and I think that's where we may be limited in our thinking, we're thinking, well, I give praise to God, but it's not just giving praise to him, but it is giving gratitude and allowing that expression because of the grace that you have received to be a blessing to others as well. And so I, I, I was trying to think of an example, and, and I had did a little bit of Google searching. Sometimes that doesn't take you somewhere good, but this time it did. I found a... Um, article, and I even saw a video, maybe you have heard of it, happened last year, of a gentleman who was on the verge of committing suicide. And he was standing on um, top of a tall building, and he was explaining to the officers that he was going to jump. And the officers were trying to uh, talk him off the ledge, so to speak, and nothing they were saying was working. And they could see that he was about to jump. And one thing he kept saying over and over again is nobody cares. Nobody loves me. And this officer, who had never met this man before, began to quickly think and realize, I know exactly what he needs to hear right now. 
And he began to tell this man that he had never met before, I love you. You do matter. Your life matters to me. I care. Do you know that as a result, and there are different interviews and things you can see, of those words, the man began to sob and came into that officer's arms and just, he held him and embraced him as he kept telling him, I love you. You never know how important that one hug was that you gave when someone came in this room this morning. We all come in here looking nice and bandaged up and presentable. You don't know the private pains that people deal with. The suffering. That one little hello in the grocery store is your way of expression of God's grace. He's been good to you. You can go ahead and pass it along to somebody else. You can show somebody grace when they're standing in a line and they're taking forever and their baby is crying and you got somewhere to go and you have a choice between being agitated and giving them a dirty look or showing grace and playing with the baby in the line to keep them calm while mommy's trying to find her car to pay. That's how we show gratitude. Amen. See, this stuff really is not that complicated. There's a lot of little ways that we get an opportunity to apply the word of God when we're conscious of how he wants to work through us. And sometimes we think it's got to be something magnificent. We got to cut off our right arm, give our kidney, and give our, our kids college fund. No, it's not that can we give grace? Amen? And so this grace that we're talking about is much more than just a thank you utterance. Practicing, practicing Eucharist flows out of a sentiment of thankfulness. This gratitude intrinsically demands that we express that response. So here's what I'm going to ask you as we move on to grace. When we receive God's grace in our life, how do you naturally express it to others? I want you to think about that for a moment. And if you can't really think of one, that would be your homework for today. That would be your homework for today. We do not always know how it will come out how it will be used, or where it will go. But when this grace is received, it desires to be expressed. So number three was grace. Somebody say grace. It's easy to recognize God's grace in our life when life's greater needs are met or when we are the recipient of unmerited generosity. Children are a really good example of this. I'm sure earlier during the service, uh, Dr. Suzanne was nice enough to give CJ a little treat. Please tell me he said thank you. Oh, yes, thank you, Lord. Isn't that, isn't that the important? Even, they do it naturally. You give them something they're not expecting, and what do they say? And if they don't, aren't you embarrassed? Moms, dads, even siblings, you can tell them there's an expression that we expect even from our youngest children. 
However, when it comes to some of the smaller graces in life, or better put, the more subtle graces in life, because we do not necessarily feel them at that moment, we often fail to recognize God's abundant grace throughout our day. Right? Because it wasn't packaged up and didn't have a bow on it, but yet that card missed you by this much. And you're still walking and talking and alive. Yet that plane dropped several kilometers and you still landed safely, even after that engine blew. Can you think about times in your life that maybe because it wasn't packaged as a gift per se, that you completely overlooked God's grace in your life? See, this is what I hope we're getting today. What we're, I hope we're getting is a sense of intrinsic desire to look for the good so that we can be thankful for it. Because what will happen is if you're not looking for the good, you won't even thank God for it. And then you'll look up and you'll say, well, why don't I have this? Why don't I have that? Well, you ain't thank God for the last 30 things he didn't give. Why would he? If we, tra we train ourselves, that's why if you remember when we were little, our parents made us say, have to say, say grace before you eat your food. There's children in Africa that don't have any food to eat. Did they tell you that? <laughs> All of our parents said the same thing, right? We were taught to give thanks. We expect them, the little ones, to give thanks. But then we get grown and we get a mortgage and nobody can tell us what to do. Well, I'm challenging you this morning to keep giving thanks. To keep looking for the ways that God is moving in your life. To keep looking for the ways that God has blessed you. Even if you don't have everything you want, you have everything you need. Can we give him thanks? How? How do we respond to God's grace? Do we just repeat the same four lines before we go to bed? Do we just say the one little quick prayer before we eat? Or can we slow down and take time to recognize, cherish in our life as believers so that we desire Eucharistic? If God's grace is all around us and in us and working through us, then we will intrinsically desire a willingness to show, and like that officer did, extend grace and gratitude to others. So last, last point, number four, the practice of remembering God's grace is what we're calling gratitude. It's the practice of it. So we're, we're moving beyond just the occasional, I was prompted to say thank you, I said thank you. It was polite to say thank you, so I said thank you. To the practice of living a life, not just on Thanksgiving, the ritual tucked in the middle of the Passover story that we're going to cover next week. So I'm going to save a lot of this for next week. We'll go into great detail. But um, so I'll save that in the interest of time. Exodus 16, if you want to just do your own Bible study this week, um, do Exodus 16. And I'll try to make sure I cover that um, when we meet again online. 
Um, but what I want you to see in that is that this practice, uh, children kept asking, why? Why do we practice the Passover? And God wanted the adults to respond by remembering the Passover with their gratitude for their salvation. So I just want us, as we put this into practice, to build altars like Noah, to come up with some type of regular practice. And it could be as simple as we do church on Sundays together. That's my regular practice of showing gratitude. It could be as simple as um, an annual thing that you do where you go and you, you give to the needy. But build like the Passover some type of practice in your family, in your life, where your children say, why do we do this every single year, Mom? Why do we have to go here every single week, Dad? Or maybe your spouse asks that question. And you can tell them. It is your cue to tell them the story. God has blessed us. Do we have a roof over our head? Yes. Did we have heat on? Yes. Did you put clothes on? We are thankful and we're going to go tell God that. Let's go. In closing, practicing gratitude, receiving, and expressing God's grace is the foundation for building a deep and meaningful life. Gratitude is a fluid virtue, and other virtues such as love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, thankfulness, self-control, the fruits of the Spirit, they piggyback upon intentionally giving and receiving God's grace, the practice of gratitude. And most, if not all, virtues are built upon living out a state of gratitude. I'm thinking now, even as I'm closing, I'm going to ask for a prayer. If we're going to pray for those who are sick, pray for those that are shut in. I'm even concerned. Um, many of you can follow me on the scene. When I had put the post out that I was looking for a personal assistant, and then um, I had like all these applications come in, and when I met the young lady uh, who I hired, I didn't say, okay, great, I found a new employee. It, it put me in a place of gratitude that my heavenly father saw that I was carrying a burden that was too heavy for me. And that he loved me enough that he handpicked somebody who would take some of that weight off of me and carry it and walk alongside me. So again, when you have an attitude of gratitude, you see everything different. It wasn't just, oh, I found somebody. It was, God, you sent me help. And for her to have to carry that extra burden, it was so interesting to me because as the people in my household see, she helps my husband and my, myself, and the people in my household see, she carries probably just 20% weight that I was carrying. And the minute she got it, you know what happened to her? She came down. You can just see the burden of carrying that weight. And I'm going, well, that was just 20% of what I had. And look at how hard it is to carry that. And, and consequently, I, you know, I really think of things in a spiritual, a spiritual sense. 
She's been out sick for a week. And so as I lift her up in prayer, I lift her up understanding that she's under attack, not only because, you know, people get sick occasionally, but because she's standing in a critical place that if he can't get to me, he's going to go to the next thing he can't get to. That's why we cover our children. That's why we cover our spouses. That's why we cover our employees. We cover the people that are connected to us because when you're girded up and when you're prayed up and when you're believing God and when you're walking in faith and when you're doing a mighty work for his glory, then he's going to look for some other area that he can try to still bring you down. And so as, as we pray this morning, I want to pray for her because of the gratitude that I have. You know, yes, there's 7 billion people on the planet, but can we get to the mindset that people just aren't replaceable? Can we just get to the mindset that when God brings people in your life, it is for a reason, and that until he's finished with whatever it is he's trying to do, that they shouldn't leave, and that you have to be sensitive to those relationships? Can we just get to this place right now where we are grateful for who he's put in your life? I'm grateful for Mark right now. Can somebody give Mark a round of applause? I need to put him on the spot. And I know he's feeling mad right now because our, our live stream failed for no reason of his, for no fault of his. So Mark, I pray that you don't feel any shame or worry because of that. Maybe God just wanted you to be able to hear the message and not have to be doing something today. We never know. God is so intentional. He's so intentional. And we have to be thankful. I'm thankful for Mark. I'm thankful for my husband. I'm thankful to see you this morning, Deacon. I missed you. I'm thankful my mother was able to get out of her sick bed and get her, her crutches and come on out here and be a part of the service. I'm thankful I didn't see Sister Lavetta and I don't know how long and her all the babies to be here today. Every 
is good. He is good and he's worth every bit of gratitude and thanks that we give him. And you just being here this morning was an act of gratitude. So take it and exchange it and pass it on to somebody else this week. Can we all do that? We can do that. And everything just thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for each and every vessel, each and every person that you sent to come and receive the message this morning. God, I pray. I pray, Father God, that they did not hear me, but I pray that they heard you and that they received a touch from you, a word from you, a nugget from you, something from you that's going to propel them as they move forward through the rest of this week and the rest of their lives. God, I thank you for every person that I did not call by name. And I thank you, Lord, that they know that they matter to you, that you cared enough about them, that you met them even in this message, that you personally ministered to them, personally had a word for them, personally gave them direction and encouragement and, and instruction of what they need to do to receive the peace that they desire in their life. God, I thank you for how you're going to continue to allow this word to take root and to flourish and how things are going to be different. God, I thank you that their peace of mind is being restored. I thank you that their sense of self-worth is being rebuilt. I thank you that their sense of faith in you is being rejuvenated. I thank you, God, that their desire to stay in your word and to hear more from you is being revived. God, I thank you for everything you've done and everything you've sold this morning. And we give you and you alone the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.